it'll send me a notification if you ask for permission. Oh wait, you record it from Zoom? I do, but you don't. You don't Weird. have to do that. I didn't even know you could do that. Uh huh. Okay. Huh. How's the Zoom's sound quality? fancy? It's okay. Uh, okay. You may have something better. So. Um, yeah, I use a uh, Total Recorder, but I have a PC, so the the options are different. Um, a- Andrea just asked me, "Is it alive?" And I said, "No." No, I don't. I've never done. I, well, I take that back. Uh, I've I've had a few live attempts. One, so John Wick is a running joke with our pot, or it was a running joke with our podcast because John, the uh, old, mm-hmm. are you you're slamming coke and a double shot espresso and a water? No, it's just there's no there's no coffee. I wish there was. Oh, well, was there? What, cur- what was that first thing? It was like a tiny little can, or was it both was- coke? No, there was both Coke. Oh, weird. I'm that was my Coke too. No, now it's just water. Yeah. I do have a twiz. I do have a Twizzler though. My, I'm at I'm at work. I came back to the office because all my stuff's here. So like I was like eh, I can do this at home. Which Andrew was like, why don't you just do it here? And I was like, I have to lug. Like this is like the church's mic. It's like eleven hundred dollars. So <laughs> I was like, good. it sounds really good. Yeah, it's uh, also plugged into a three hundred dollar audio interface that's used for like recording. So that's uh yeah, it's it's really um. Well, wait, I need to finish that before I, before yeah. I lose it. Yeah, John so, Wick. Yeah, so we did, we we were doing a, uh, I made John watch it, and we were doing a, like, basically like a mystery science theater thing with it. There you go, uh, yeah. And yeah, Facebook took it down in like three minutes. Like, they were quick on that. We didn't, I didn't even like have it on it, but they just like heard the audio in the background, or the computers did, and they, they took it down. Yeah, man. What are you going to do? They're just out to get everybody, which, you know, Facebook. There, I did find that, uh, do you have a Samsung TV? I do not. I have a uh, two Roku TVs. One is okay. RCA and one is TCL. So Samsung, they have, uh, like, I guess it used to be, it's like a, like a weird, like, internet cable access like it's like its own set of channels that are like kind of whack but they're kind of cool i think it used to be not voodoo there was some service that was like like fubo or something yeah something like yeah. that yeah. um but they have a all uh, 24 hour uh rift yeah it's, rift it's like water channel. waterfall television yes. and like one of their channels is mystery science theater rift yes. tracks whatever so yeah, samsung yeah. has their own version yeah. of that called like samsung tv or something Gotcha. That's the only good thing about it. And they have Baywatch reruns. They uh-huh. are, <laughs> we did also find, and like me and my wife were having a horrible day, and we were just uh, flipping. No, it was the night. I remember this. It was the night of the second debate, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, God, I can't take Dude, this I anymore. Listen, and, I listened to your um, your six-year um, sobriety thing today because I was like I gotta be on this podcast I oh heard did it you like yeah well first of all congrats on six years thanks buddy um we can when we record I'll say that again yeah um I guess uh, we are recording record. yeah we're going. I know and so all of this is on the record but mm-hmm. uh you can decide whether or not this makes it in but yeah no I was listening to that first of all the, you said some things that are so similar to my dad it's awesome um <laughs> but uh the other thing is uh you mentioned that you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to do and I get <laughs> <laughs> How was that debate? In that, that, yeah, that, that's right. That made me laugh. That made me laugh so much. Uh, that's that, that, that. Yeah. If, if yeah. I went even farther, if I, because I always. <laughs> I always think of like ridiculous things to say when I'm telling my story and just how far could I take sure. the joke? 
my one I want to do at some point is just get up there and just be like, I want to thank my producer, uh, you know, everyone down, my management team, everyone <laughs> down at Death Row Records. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for y'all. Uh, you know. <laughs> Um, no. no, we were watching the debate though, and I was like, "God, I'm tired of this." So I flipped the Samsung, and we found a like, I don't know what it was, but it was it was just nothing but uh, animal fail videos or baby animal videos, just on a constant. And it was like soothing music and just like kittens playing, and it was the greatest thing ever. Wow, that's that's wonderful. That's yeah, wonderful. it was good. So what have you been up to? Well. Uh, man, last time we talked, your show format was a little bit different. Your uh, your old co-host, what was his name? Was it John? Uh, John. John was with you. Um, that was and, like what two uh, years? That's two or three. Two or yeah. three. Years. I mean, it might have. Yeah, it was like years. right at this. Yeah, right. I mean, y'all were still kind of getting started. It had not become the the behemoth that it now is. Right. Right. Uh, you so, did uh, not have a podcast then. Also, I did not have my own podcast back then. That is true. Um, yeah, no, Hans and I have been doing our podcast for just over a year. Uh, well, no longer than that, about 18 months. So, um, yeah, so it was probably still a year out from me starting. You never studied. Um, so I do that. I do. You never studied, uh, during that? the last, that is my podcast with another pastor. I'm a pastor for those that don't know who don't remember oh, you yeah, guys. Yeah, that sorry. Don't this is, uh, yeah. which I'm terrible at it. Miriam tells me all the time. Uh, this is Evan Godbold. I think I want to say you're on like like in the fifties of the episode. Mm. That sounds um, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was my um, uh, I wasn't in college, but college age youth pastor. What would the what would your title have been back then? I, was, yeah. I think at the time campus. I was like a college leader. Yeah, camp, yeah campus like, like and I was an intern. So like, but I was uh, or no, I guess I'm. You knew me right as I'd come on staff, like full time. Yeah, Andrew I and I were so. married. Um, yes. So I was. Yes. Yeah. So, no kids yet. Um, not even. No close. kids yet. No, not even close. Like we were newlyweds. Yep. Uh, and you were hanging out in my small group and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, played kit a couple times with me, maybe, or got to audition or something like that. Oh yeah, I don't know like if we 14, told the fourteen years ago. I don't know if we told the audition story. Uh, I so. was like not that good back then either. Um, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty fierce kit player uh, now, but like, yeah, no, I watch your, your stuff, but, uh, no, you were, and you were like, you were clearly coming from like a very like hard rock, like, you know, background, uh, and so, so you know, real thrashy. And I was like, yes, <laughs> uh, which I totally would have like worked with by the way. Uh, but you actually, uh, OD'd not long after that. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, maybe, maybe not, maybe not right now. Uh, <laughs> I actually maybe. remember our mutual friends was like, Dude, relapse is part of recovery. I'm like, yeah, dude, but he was in the hospital. Like, I don't know that playing drums right now is like the thing that he needs to be focusing yeah. on. Yeah, I uh, think there's some so. other things that, that could, uh, <laughs> may, maybe a few things that could take so. priority. Yeah, so, uh, but that's, yeah, we knew each other about 14 years ago, um, maybe 15. Uh, I guess it was 2006, so it was yeah, yep. 14 years ago. And uh, uh, that, that was in your Baton Rouge stint. Uh, and, uh, I was, uh, part of that story a little bit. Um, last time I came on your show, we talked about how I was one of the first like pastor pastors or at the time, just Christian church leaders that was like, Hey, uh, maybe, uh, AA or NA or something, something might be good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Cause I was so like, that was... I can't just pray it away. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so one, one of the many voices, uh, uh, in your, uh, story that, uh, I think, uh, you got, got you where, uh, you, uh, needed to kind of get. Yeah. And, uh, 
by the way, six years, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, man. And, uh, it was really cool. I, I went back, I listened to that, and I listened to it like half of another episode just so I could kind of be like, all right, what's the format? Um, but uh, so I've been in ministry that entire stretch of time. Uh, I stayed in Baton Rouge from, I was, I was, I went to LSU. So I, I, I was there as a student and then I graduated in 2006 and I stayed in Baton Rouge until 2014 working at that church as a worship uh, pastor and uh, also serving college ministry for various stints. And then mostly just like young professionals and all that kind of stuff. And then I moved back to my hometown, Tomball, Texas, which was the case when we spoke last on the mm -hmm. podcast. Um, and I had been there at the time for about three years. Now it's been about six. And during the last time since we've spoken, I've, I think I've adopted one or two more, uh, I think kids, two, two more kids. Uh, I think we only had two. Yeah. Back then, back. No, nah, I might've been, I don't know. Where did, uh, I think it was three. Uh, we're, we're at, we're at four. I think I, I think I had just gotten our third last okay. time, but you might I was, um, I was going to get you to gauge uh, by a, a sports team. Like what, what team could you field uh, an entire <laughs> squad? Right. Yeah, that's right. Basketball. Uh, so field uh, you, you will find that sports ball references are uh, not always uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best ones to use with Evan. Uh, although uh, could now field with uh, a four uh, uh, person squad whatever uh you can do with four kids uh yeah that's that. uh we'll say doubles tennis yeah doubles tennis yeah, that's, they that's can fair. play each other uh, for uh mm -hmm. for whoever gets uh the the big room yes that uh, was so could... <laughs> <laughs> <The big laughs> that was always my <laughs> running joke for i was gonna have uh we'll call it 10 children and i was going to name them numbers so they would be one through ten and each week we would evaluate uh and so like oh number three good job on dinner you're now number two number two Ooh, yeah, so that would get you confusing. really screwed up go to number <laughs> 10 and then they would have to sleep in correspondingly sized cubby holes you you have a uh, good ideas uh, I, could, so, I should adopt <laughs> if you're so, listening uh, agencies i am yeah uh i don't know what's behind you it kind of looks like a like like a, a pack and play you could just put a kid in there yeah it's where my ferrets uh, so. stay they could they, they, <laughs> so they, they bite you know it'll yeah. be all right <laughs> so i shouldn't make that joke there are definitely stories about that exact thing not fair cage but dog kennels and things like oh that. no um yeah. Or it's, yeah it's not no so one of the things that uh that's different uh i became interim senior pastor at our church here um for the last during covid essentially uh when covid hit I had been interim senior pastor for about two months. Our senior pastor, Stuart, had left uh, and uh, taken a job at a different church. And so we were in the midst of a senior pastor search when the world shut down and stopped. Um, so you got so, the job. So you're a you're uh, senior pastor. No, no, I am not. Uh, oh, oh, okay. uh, th th thankfully. Uh, so I that, that way I can do stuff like this. I don't have to worry yeah, about that's consequences. True. And yeah, yeah, no. If you're a senior pastor, you can't do anything. Um, so uh, it's... It's been a wild ride, like for most people for 2020, but uh, I learned a lot, uh, have uh, spoken a lot more, preached a lot more than I ever thought I would. So, so year. what do you do now, though? Like what, what? I'm I'm back to being a worship and communications guy again. Okay. Okay. So, so same same role I had last time we spoke, but in the midst of that, I was also senior pastor for a while on an interim basis. I got you. That's and one of the things was is I. Is I did not apply for the job, so I was it was literally interim meant interim. I was is, just trying to. Is that something you want to do eventually, or you don't really want? To... I want to be an author, Jed. No, uh, I uh, I don't know. People ask me that all the time. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy. Um, I enjoy 
some of the things that the senior pastor gets to do. Um, but I also recognize, um, like, like currently where, where I'm at currently, um, I think I'm more valuable in the role that I have. Um, and yeah. so it, it just sort of right now and, and, I, and our, the new senior pastor that, that we have, David, um, he came here in August. We have a really, really great rapport and like, I'm kind of super excited for like where the church is at. And so, um, right now it doesn't feel like, yeah, not anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, the same way people ask me like, Hey, are you going to go back and get your PhD and, you know, like be an even bigger nerd, uh, with them when it comes to theology. And I'm like, I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that's cool, but there's also part of me that enjoys having the free time to be with my kids and do the stuff. And yeah, same sort and, of thing with, and, yeah. and Evan be a bigger nerd. Like, let's be real. Like that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't even see it. There's like a Yoda right here hanging yep. off of this big car. Yep. Oh, hey, man. You know? Uh, yeah yes yeah <laughs> somebody 3d printed me this uh this baby yoda uh ornament oh awesome uh, yeah oh, so he's i like guess the, we'll have yeah. to quickly get her out of the way i mean you've been watching mandalorian right oh yeah yeah this yeah is not the greatest thing that's ever happened to anything ever so so here's the deal man like we have six of us in that house ages two to 36 and every single one of us likes the mandalorian like yep. friday night we sit down and we all watch the mandalorian i got ava our caboose who's like baby oda baby oda like yep. she's just ready she's here for it i got liam who's just like going beast mode every time mandalorian pulls out a gun and shoots anything you know yeah. he just, like, <laughs> all that and all the girls love baby yoda and andrea loves it i love it yeah no it's it's wonderful yeah, this- i love it and my, yeah. my, my statement was, and me and a buddy were talking about this because it's, it's just so true. It's like what Disney needs to learn from this is that you can still, because that's how it is too. Like my wife is a Star Wars fan. She's not the biggest Star Wars fan, but she loves yeah. the Mandalorian. And so that was like, ha, okay. So you can have, a, you can show something different. You can, appe- you can appease the fans. You can do fan service. You can do new things that aren't just rehashes of the original and it will be great so just yeah quit trying to you're not wrong the past so i uh i i will go further and you might disagree with me and we i know this isn't a star wars podcast so we can stop anytime but uh i i think i am like the proponent of of the three movies that came out the sequel movies not not be careful uh, i know i you can you can just hate you can just hate me right now I liked The Last Jedi the best. And yeah. so, yeah, and so, uh, well, that is not that is not granted by by many of yeah. uh, Star Wars fans. Um, and I, the reason why I like The Last Jedi is not because, like, everything in it is flawless. It's definitely not. It's a flawed movie. Star Wars movie, though. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I can t- step back and take a more honest look, as is possible uh, with age, um, there are things about it that are not amazing. But one of the things that I really like about The Last Jedi is I was like, oh, are they really going to like? they're really going to like make the Jedi not a thing anymore and like go to different. And, and so like, I've, I've been a proponent of like, I would love to go really far in the future or really far in the past away from the Skywalker. Like if this is the Skywalker saga in the middle, either direction is fine. Yeah. Just get away from that being the thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, I would, I would, and then the Dune trailer came out and I was like, this is what I want. I want this with lightsabers. Like, I want this with lightsabers. Yeah. I want it to feel different, but obviously KOTOR-ish, like same sort of world, but like almost like feudal Star Wars. Like give me warring houses that all have force users. And and like, yeah, one of the houses is kind of like, they're the de facto like light side good guys, but like kind of like in Game of Thrones or whatever, they don't, that doesn't always mean like you win. 
Like yeah. that means sometimes you lose because uh, you're too good. Uh, and so I, I would just really love to see Star Wars kind of move. And then you still have things like Mando, which feel like really familiar. They're in that same time period. They're still in that setting, but they're doing different things. They're in different corners. Like uh, you can have Raylan Givens, Marshall, uh, you know, uh, Marshall Boba Fett show up. Uh, yeah. And I'm just like, yes, this is wonderful. I would watch that show. Yeah, um, but I, I so, totally do want the the high fantasy, which supposedly yeah. they're doing. Like, go back to yeah, um, go back high to Republic High or, Republic, yeah. like super, like you know, Sith witches and sorcery, and like just yeah, the, give the me crazy that crazy mm. stuff. And, yeah, mm. oh, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. So, but uh, there's a lot of people that don't feel that way. That are like, I think it should just always stay in this era. And I'm like, gosh, no, there's no, there's so much. It's literally like a like a hundred thousand year span yeah like it's a huge amount of time so anyway i'm a huge star wars nerd and i love star wars and i and i i really like uh this stewardship that they're doing with with mandalorian they're they're, they've got good ideas good writers i'm excited about taika watiti i'm excited about kevin feige uh ryan johnson we'll see if he ends up getting dave filoni's a he's a he's a guy that has been able to take disparate sort of unconnected ideas and do this and connect them in very i really i have to yeah let, let the record state that uh evan, evan brought his, brought hands, his together hands together and, and, and a, meshed and his fingers clasped his fingers together <laughs> so anyway yeah i i i love it i i i uh, i'm happy at the direction of mando i hope the films move in a similar direction we shall see yep we shall we shall um and, and the last the last uh, yeah because we, we could we could spend days here i'm sure uh, you're, the last thing you're, i'll say so a, yeah murdery The Last Jedi was good, and especially Colin Trevorrow's. You read the leaked script for what? I actually didn't. I did not read it, but it seemed like I. I mean, I read the beats or whatever. I didn't read the whole thing, so seemed like his beats were like more interesting than. Oh yeah, it it just went with the Last Jedi. It stuck with Rey being a nobody. It had. It had yep. Kylo Ren fighting Darth Vader force hallucination thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, just a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, cool, cool I would have I would have enjoyed all that. Um, and, I, and it wasn't that there wasn't there weren't parts of the Rise of Skywalker that I I mean, it's Star Wars. I, I described on our podcast I described Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker as like Star Wars junk food. Like the Last Jedi was yeah. like a three course meal, and like uh, 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 the Rise I, of Skywalker was like a bag of Halloween candy. <laughs> but this this was the thing too. This was what made me so furious. Was like they. So they were so many like uh, like fly balls in the air, about to make a diving catch, and then like you know it just explodes in midair. Like you're gonna have ten gajillion spaceships show up and not have a fight. Yeah. Oh, made me so mad. Anyway, all right. So what were we talking about? Um. Uh, Yeah. You tell me, podcast host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you uh. And I will refrain from making the tired Family Guy joke, but you wrote a novel. <laughs> I it's did. So ri- I did write a novel. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, uh, I did write a novel, my friend. And thank you for reaching out uh, very quickly. I might add, when you found out that it was out, that, to to invite me back on the the show, that was very kind. Uh, did well, not been, know I was- it was. Um- Listen, don't flatter yourself. Uh, hey. I have my uh, my people reached out. No, I was uh, I've been <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been following your your following your life, your career with great interest. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was just a good. I was like, yeah, well, this is a good a good time, just a, a good excuse to to have you on and just uh, shoot the breeze. 
and so I've always, you know, that's also, it's, it's on my list of eventualities to try to write a memoir or a book of something. So I'm always curious of just how, uh, of just the process of actually completing a novel and getting it published, uh, seems, (sighs) seems ridiculous to me. So, so here's the secret. It's really easy to get it published because you can just do it yourself, which is what I did. Now, um, that said, nothing about writing a book is easy. It's a huge pain in the butt. Uh, I had, um, uh, I had the idea back in Baton Rouge. Like we were still living in Baton Rouge, and we had zero kids. So, like the idea stretches back to something not long after, like we knew each other. Like 2010, 2011 is when I had the idea. So, like ten. The years ago. the idea to write a book or the idea for this book. The conceit of the novel. Okay. I had the idea to write a book around the same time that I had something in which I thought I could write about that would be fun. Okay. Were you well? Um, and well, yeah. So I guess you were like a. Uh, I mean, were you always a, a writer though? Like I guess you wrote sermons. I was blogging wrote songs yeah so i was blog that's true uh yeah no i used to throw more of that energy toward um uh toward trying to write songs i'm i feel like i'm a very middling songwriter Hmm. and i don't i don't say that to like you know be like oh no dude because you haven't heard my songs anyway so you don't know um but like i feel like my song yeah you probably heard one or two but like uh oh not like that was an evan god yeah i mean (laughs) I mean, whatever, no big deal. Yeah, uh, no so, big deal. so uh, I'm the ghostwriter for Lauren Daigle. Yeah, so uh, Lauren and I go way back. Um, we uh, don't, uh, we haven't talked in a while, but like one of the things that uh, has been affirmed in me a lot is is um, like when I would write blog posts and do things, people are like, you're a good writer. Um, now, and that was all short form stuff. Sometimes I was writing about Star Wars, right? But, but, but people were like, you can turn a phrase. I am a better writer than I am a, a talker, so to speak. I'm more verbose when it comes to talking. I, I, I take a while to get around to the point. If you give me time to write, I can get it shorter. You know what I mean? I can, I can come up with, with things to say more clearly. Uh, me and my thesaurus can do a, a good bit of work. And so I, I have now, I do manuscript all my sermons. Whenever I preach, I manuscript the whole thing. Well, okay. and it's not me just reading it like in a droll voice. Like I, I, I rehearse it and I get it to where it, it comes naturally. But it makes me sound smarter than I really am because if I just preach from an outline or whatever, you'd get all the ums and the ahs and the, and the Lord spoke. Yeah. So that's how I preach. I walk in and I mm, marriage. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, but when it came to coming up with the idea, I once I had the conceit to do it. I went, okay, I could probably give this a shot and who knows? And I, the, the first attempts were not great. And then I had to set it aside anyway because I started going to seminary and I'm like, I don't have time to write any fiction. I got to write papers. I got to read a bunch of stuff. But that made me a much better writer. <laughs> like going yeah. to seminary and having to write papers all the time and having to become more eloquent and more concise. Uh, and then reading, of course, makes you a better writer. If yes. you read, you will become a much better makes writer because you want to write too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, now I now that I have written something, and like this can sound like a douchey author thing, but like now that I've written a book, now I just look at everything like it's a story. And yeah, well, that's but but there is some truth to that. There is like a whenever I am watching Mandalorian with Andrea. Like, and she gets frustrated, like, that they say they're going to go to Corvus, and then the next episode, they don't go to Corvus, they stop, and then he goes back to the planet that we've already seen. I'm like, that's just classic, like, writing stuff. Like, you've got to make people wait. You can't just be like, here's the thing, 
And then the next next page, okay, here's the thing. Like, right, you know, like, right. you, know, like you have to like space it out and enter a scene early, uh, late, leave a scene early, that kind of stuff. Like that's that's stuff that you like learn by watching and by reading and all that. And then you yes. start to put it into practice yourself. Um, so I did, I started reading books about how to write in my spare time, uh, how to write a damn good novel is actually a really good book. Um, for that, it teaches I you. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> it, 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 if it was a terrible book. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, well, it's a beloved book. It's probably like 20 something years old. So the publishing advice okay. in it's not the best because that publishing is old blown up just like everything else, but you um, no typewriter to write your local. <laughs> yeah. They're like, put your manuscript in a rubber band and yeah. send it to the, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, that's, uh, I, I do. And I imagine you do too. So it, it was like when I started podcasting, for instance, uh, it, everything that happened to me, I was like, oh, I can, I can use this. I, I'm going to talk about this as a podcast or, and you listen yep. to much podcast and you, yep. so that's kind of my problem. Well, it's, it's like a gift and it's a problem. And I think it's for create, if you just have that creative spark, right? It's like, I first emulate and then like when I read, um, my problem with writing is and writing music, writing lyrics, writing or doing art is I will emulate what I read or what I see or things that I like. And so I, I sometimes have trouble figuring out my own style. And, yeah. Your own voice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I get that. Yeah. because But that's what I do with, with movies and film too. I'm just like a nerd and, and fi I'm actually the, one of the, courses i'm taking this semester is film as literature it's been like my favorite class ever oh it's um, awesome yeah and it's it's the same thing it's like i i really love nerding out over uh story narrative scene um mm -hmm. techniques like devices and everything about that yeah. is just like super interesting to me so it's um but yeah continue well uh, so um so I went to seminary and I graduated from New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary in 2016. I was already at, I actually moved here already. And so I had to finish like distance learning back before it was cool, before 2020 when everybody had to do distance It learning. sucks, um, by the way. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's awful. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. I hate it. It's been the worst semester ever. We, uh, we homeschool uh, our, our kids, but like they're part of a co-op where they would normally do in-person learning like once a week. And we've been doing that via Zoom all semester and it just sucks. It's terrible. It's awful. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so we are, um, we're essentially homeschooling our kids every day, even that day, because you have to manage all the Zoom stuff and it's, you know, homeschool stuff. It's all ad hoc uh, and it, it's not like you know, organized well at all. No. So anyway, anyway, and I'm sure that's true actually for things that probably should be much more organized and they're still not. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, we are, uh, uh, we at in 2016, I had, okay, I'm done with the thing that was taking up a bunch of my time. We have three kids. I'm really looking forward to pursuing some of my hobbies again. Um, and one of the big things that Andrea like kind of said, yeah, go write the book. And I only had probably at that point, like 30 or 40 pages, like I had a first chapter. And so from 2016 to around the beginning of 20, so the, the end of 2016, so really 2017, January, 2017, I started writing the book and I finished it at the end of 2019, um, in terms of like a, a decent second draft, like, like kind of had made it all the way through and made most of the changes and narratively it was the book. And then all this year it was refining and editing and, um, you know, marketing and, and all that stuff. So it took me about four years. Obviously I have a real job. I have four kids. We, we added a, a fourth kid. Uh, and when you adopt through the foster system, that is not just like getting pregnant and having a baby. There's a lot of other emotional things that kind of get placed on top of that. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, uh, 
yeah. So, uh, so doing that with a divided set of interests made it maybe longer than it would be if I were just trying to write it. So the process for me took about four years from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to really writing in earnest, you could say I had the idea well before that, but I didn't really put any time towards it until, you know, 2017. So, um, and then well, end of 2020, it came out. So what's the, uh, what's it about? Uh, the book is called Thousand's Code. It is a sci-fi adventure story. Uh, it is set about 300 years in the future, a little less. And uh, it is a universe. The conceit of the book, the thing that the idea that I came up with that I hadn't really seen, I'm sure it probably does exist somewhere, but uh, was like, what if literally everybody had like superpowers, like special abilities? Like what if the entire world was X-Men and there just weren't regular people anymore? And like, that was just part of life and everybody had things that they used and they kind of organized into subgroups and had different classifications for what kind of their power and abilities yeah, there were. You that mean, was, you mean super world? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that is. I'm just but, kidding. But I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you mean that thing that everybody knows about? Yeah. And like, no, no, this is, no, this is different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, uh, uh, that was the initial idea. And then that is a cool idea. What, what came from that idea though, and what the book became that, that, that is the world, but like, was how do I realistically create that world based on 2020 is 2020 and everything that happens after that will lead to this world 300 years from now. That is that. So I have to get them. Okay. So not, not an alternate reality. No, it's not an alternate reality. I mean, I like it. I think, I think 300 years in the future, it will have proven to have been an alternate I, reality. I would hope so. May, um, yeah, maybe you, uh, time traveling Evan is who. So, uh, and, and that's this. the thing the, the, it is not, it is by no means hard sci fi, although I do enjoy hard sci fi. So I did work really hard on some of the science of it, particularly as it related to genetic engineering, which is how we get uh, this kind of world. And, and so I don't the, think the, that's far fetched at all. No, it is not. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people have talked about my views. Uh, I say a lot of people, the people that have read my book, which is not a lot of people. Um, but most of the readers that have uh, talked to me about my book have said, like, what's crazy is your world doesn't seem that far fetched. Yeah. Um, that's and the so best kind. Um, and so it is far fetched in a lot of ways. But there were there were several areas of interest, like scientific interest and nerd interest that I wanted to cover. One was the special abilities through genetic engineering. Another was space travel. I wanted to talk about what uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Expanse, but like um, yeah, the my, show my on, dad yeah. loves it. it's yeah it's yeah and those are not war sci-fi nerds right. So like it that's that's I would say kind of on the harder side of sci-fi. I'm not that hard, but I did want like kind of local space travel, like uh, and really it's just Earth Moon in my book, uh, and there are reasons for that. But uh, and then uh, oddly, and this really is odd. Um, uh, due to the year that we've been in, but like a, a pandemic uh, was kind of the, the 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 basis for the world that we find ourselves in. So this is sort of post dystopian, like post post apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. it, uh, there has been a huge disaster, and they have basically come out the other side of it and are resettling Earth from the moon. Um, so the moon survived, like the big lunar colony that had 100 million people on it survived, but Earth did not. And so now they are resettling the 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 world, and everybody in the everybody from the moon has been over the last ninety years or so have been resettling certain cities. So there are safe zones inside different 
metropolitan areas. And then outside of that is basically just a desolate kind of, you know, derelict wasteland. And that is so, sci-fi because we all know the moon doesn't exist, Evan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's been there. We've been uh, there. there. Okay. Well, and then, okay. and then the world is flat, so it doesn't Jeez. even, yeah. Uh, no, no so, the, the earth is round, Evan. Don't be foolish. <laughs> but, but no, so. I don't believe in the moon. I think it's just the back of the sun. Um... <laughs> So, uh, and it, the the character, um, the, the book's called Thalassman's Code because the character's name is Ford Thalassman. Uh, Thalassa is just Greek, Greek, Greek for sea. Okay. And uh, he has gills. So um, he has uh, dry he has land gills. is not a myth. Uh, it is not Waterworld level gills. Uh, he cannot. Uh, they're not. First of all, they're not behind his ears. Uh, I chose to make them. So again, a little bit more hard sci-fi. Like that wouldn't be enough gill right. for a human sized person to have oxygen um at the same time i obviously want him to live on land too so like i want him to have his lungs and i didn't want to have to be like when he goes underwater like uh he has to just start breathing water and then go into a separate so his lungs are all like through his ribs like next to his his gills are all through his ribs yeah uh and then there's inlets under his arms that draw the water in kind of passively as he swims so, so it's how, not designed to be how um so it sounds like how much like deep into research into like abilities and their plausibility sort of stuff. Uh, have you ever read the science of the X-Men by the way? No. Would and, I'm glad, and I'm glad I haven't because I would probably be tempted to just steal everything. Um, yeah. But well, it, yeah, yeah I would love it. Yeah. It's exactly uh, what it is. It's just like, yeah. it goes through and like, how could this actually work? So awesome. the reason why this was sort of fun for me was because in my world, for reasons that are clear in the book, nobody has just one ability anymore. They're all sort of hybridized and lesser than they used to be. Um, so like my main character is an aquatic, but he's also an empath. And so an empath kind of like counselor Troy in Star Trek can read emotions, not thoughts, but emotions and kind of understand whether or not somebody's being truthful. And he's a private detective. So that comes in really handy. Um, and so it is kind of a typical private detective story. It's like, here's a client, here's a case, but it's set in this really strange world. Um, there are a lot of elements in it, world building elements, elements that make it much more like a sci-fi story, um, and setting changes that make it feel more like a sci-fi story. But there is a mystery that kind of propels the, the story. Kind of like, I would, I would say like every Harry Potter movie with maybe the exception of the final like book, uh, and movie it is like a mystery um, yeah. where you're just trying to like figure. So like this, this ha is That's similar. True. Like there's a, there's a mystery that's like threading and now there's tons of action and adventure and all that but so there's there's several mysteries that are kind of propelling the narrative it's a very fast moving narrative uh, pretty much yeah. once the story starts it just continues in real time until the end of the book so you got it onto i noticed it was charting on the christian sci-fi so at, at what degree is it quote christian uh that's a great question uh i had illusions about not doing that that way but the fact is, is i'm a christian and so <laughs> i write from that worldview it is not like uh, all of a sudden i'm writing game of thrones a uh i don't uh w even though game of thrones is fun like i don't want to write that that's not me uh i can enjoy it for what it is but, but like that's not the worldview that i come from it's not the way i want my characters to be um at the same time i don't want my bad guys to be like oh fiddlesticks da, 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 you know like so like i had to kind of like <laughs> i had to like walk this fine line also working in a church and like knowing that like Oh, my pastor wrote a book. I want to read it. Uh, you know, is I have to be careful about that kind of stuff too. Do you, well, um, which, which is interesting. Do, like, do you, so there, and there's, it's interesting for a couple of reasons. I've always had that thought of 
it is interesting to me how, especially in, and not saying it's right or whatever, but in our, in our day and age of like, uh, political correctness and cancel culture. Yes. Authors and certain musicians, but like, you know, you can, yeah, uh, Game of Thrones, a good example. Just the the graphic depictions of sexual assault, rape, mm-hmm. torture. It's like it's weird that we give that a pass, and and yeah, and it's it's like this person put thought. You know, I don't know. It's weird that that. I, I, and I'm I not saying it's this. it's good, bad, whatever. I just think it's fascinating. No, I, I will tell you this, and I and I think this is where you and I are probably similar. Um, it's, you know, as a reader, when something go, when you go, okay, this feels weird. Like to read, I don't know. Did you read Dr. Sleep? Yes. Oh Dr. my God. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're like the target demo for Dr. Oh, Sleep. I love Dr. I Sleep. It was my favorite book it. last year that I read. Yes. Um, so, but there's that one scene in Dr. Sleep and it's in the movie too, with the, where they torture the kid. Oh, and dude. I was just, and I was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like, that I want to read this. I mean, I, I did, I got through it and there it is, right? Like I, I read it uh, and I and watched I, the movie. I was and like, w- yeah. Yeah. I, I was sorry. I was wondering how they were going to do that on screen yeah, too. And on screen and it's terrible. And it's terrible. And terrible. Jacob <laughs> Tremblay, like his, yeah. it was uh, horrific. Yeah. So, um, and like, but like, what's funny is I was like, I've told people like at my church, they were like, what's your favorite book you read last year? I'm like, Dr. Dr. Sleep. Sleep. And then I have to, and then I have to go caveat, it's a Stephen King book and there's a, a, a terrible scene that I was like, there's sex scenes in it and there's this. So like, I, I wasn't going to write a book like that, that I had to, ca- I didn't want to sure. have to caveat my own book. Um, well, and my, so like, my, go ahead. My, my clarifying question on that when you said, yeah, okay, I'm a, uh, uh, people at my church going to read it. Do, do you think it could without those restrict, were there certain things that you would have put in without those restrictions that would have served the narrative? Uh, no, I, I think there were, there's some, there's some, uh, satirical and like sarcastic, um, there's one, there's one character in particular who's not a believer and that, that was probably the, the, the hard and, but also like a really enjoyable character, usually everybody's favorite character, uh, that has read the book. Uh, and she speaks like with an Irish brogue and she's, you know, she's sort of, she's sort of in that, or seems like she will be in that, uh, trope of like manic pixie dream girl, but she's really not. Um, but she's, but she's, um, she's a, she's a pretty well, uh, uh, according to my wife, uh, well-written character for a man writing a woman. Um, and so, uh, I, Are that's you familiar thing. with that subreddit. Uh, uh yeah, yes. That's it's why I'm like, awesome. being, yes, <laughs> being careful. like, not to say she's a strong female character. Yes, um, so, so uh, yeah, so I, I have to be really careful, but like I do, I have a lot of female characters in this book and, uh, but this one in particular is not a believer. And therefore I'm like, she would, I had to go, do I have to make a choice and make her seem more tame than she would otherwise be? Cause like, it's like all of a sudden, like, am I doing a Han shot first? Like moving him to be like, Oh, now that he's kind of become a hero in everybody's eyes, I kind of want to adjust it and make it right. seem like he was not originally a guy that would just murder a Rodian in cold blood because he knew that if he didn't, then the Rodian would murder him. Right. And so like, she's not a murderer, but she's definitely somebody that has no qualms about stealing, no qualms about like, and so I have to go like, she would she would swear here but instead of writing out the swear word i'll just say evelis swore under her breath or something like that yeah, um okay. and, and and that's okay like and then, you know then, I, yeah then you also don't want to chart to the other extreme and with like a potentially unfair bias to say like oh she doesn't believe in god therefore right 
and and that's kind of the the point of the story is uh, she's a good person that makes a lot of good choices and is the reason why a lot of people like this character is because um, she sides with the the protagonist who does believe in God even though she is uh, an agnostic character. So um, so it is it's also Christian in the sense not only um, in like truncated content but well that's probably a, uh, I'm trying to use big words because I'm talking to an author. Nah. Um, uh, no, but but also, so God is also part of. There's the some story. thematic parts of the story. So I'm dealing because you're dealing with genetic engineering and um, oh. human dig- and human dignity and things like that. That naturally comes up, and so uh, because Christians, I think, are uniquely positioned to talk about uh, human worth and human dignity. That's where most of those conversations come come in. Okay, um, and so because uh, to use a fancy theological term, because of the imago dei. The image of God, uh, you you get to talk about um, uh, n- worth, and uh, um, as we think about embryos, as we think about uh, things like that. Uh, so okay, but uh, it's not a central. But God it's is not, not heavy like a hand, character no, in. The, it's no, just like it's not. It's not okay, even okay, like okay. like it's it's put on this Christian sci-fi thing, and it's next to all these weird like post-apocalyptic like left behind uh, diet, you know, left behind versions. Uh, it's nothing like that. Uh, in fact, if anything, mine is uh, is like uh, the world did end and everything just kept going because there were people on the moon and now they're resettling it. So it's it's definitely not like a there was an apocalypse and Jesus came back and all that. There was like there was kind of a mini apocalypse and he didn't come back, um, you know, and uh, the world keeps on turning um, much like we saw. And I and I bring that up in various parts. There's probably three or four sections, like small scenes where where the implicit stuff becomes a bit more explicit. Um, and uh, and certain characters, the main character and another uh, another character, have more um, spiritual conversations, but they're they're not really heavy handed. Like they're grounded in the story. Uh, okay. They're not they're not coming out from like a uh, here's how you here's the five, you know f- uh, five spiritual laws and here's how you pray the sinner's prayer and all that. Kind of, it's not that. Okay. Uh, and there's no like conversion elements in the book or anything like that. Okay. It's more treated as a given that these people are Christians, thus they are behaving like Christians when they meet you know this. Uh, set of circumstances is more how it goes cool so yeah so it's 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 i and i that if that feels like a vague answer it's because i can't get that specific yeah no no, no. because of the story yeah so um but that said uh as it relates to uh church and other drugs um the character the main character Fort thousand has suffered trauma and loss uh and did turn to drinking for a while that's part of his background oh um, yeah and has, and has quit drinking um so that's mentioned in passing again it's not dr sleep where like aa is basically like a character in that yeah. book <laughs> like but like uh, <laughs> well the whole yeah yeah yeah, yeah, the, yeah like the AA, whole like it's a it's an it's an homage to aa like that I, I, in a good way like that's again i like that book a lot um but so for me yeah i've i felt like okay this guy's been through some stuff he's, he's suffered some real loss um, that's how a lot of people get where they're at, um, uh, with, uh, with needing to quit drinking and, uh, or driving to start drinking or using or whatever. So that's not uh, explored really in the novel, but it's mentioned, um, and, uh, and is part of that character's, um, motivation for kind of being a teetotaler and all that kind of stuff. So when so. you're, when you're writing your characters, obviously it would be impossible not to, but how much um drawn from reality are your characters oh it's impossible not to uh you know it's funny uh, so are there the, any the... implicit yeah yeah absolutely um am and I like in there that's what i'm getting uh, at and wh- where uh, am i who am i there's a character named uh ped jane yeah. <laughs> uh no uh <laughs> so uh no i it's it's funny like i would say almost every female character in the book 
is has some dimension and it even says that in the acknowledgments like there's some dimension of andrea in every female character so i kind of piece her out it's not um like one yes. character kind of looks like andrea um one character's is sort of behaving like andrea behaves domestically at home with the kids um and and it kind of has a bit of her sassy personality and then like the the i get stuff done part of andrea that like exists in the foster world that's like you're gonna lose your job if you're not careful uh andrea like that knows how to bust heads and get get stuff done um I'm that trying is not to interesting uh, because it's it, like yeah we're, we're yeah. we're all um yeah we are all many many different hats that we wear yes yeah, so so That's depending on the situation so same same thing uh main main character has some things that are a little bit like me because just like uh all the great writers you know uh you put yourself in the main character a little bit um is your pretentious author and so uh you think you are your own star of your life so you might as well make yourself the star of your book so uh, Ford is uh, kind of an idealized version of maybe how I would want to be uh, in some ways, but I'm also very much uh, a, another character, probably much more like the other character uh, whose name is Stan. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that there are, but there are things and there are elements about characters that um, like Ford calls everybody amigo. I call everybody amigo. I like to use Spanish all the time, um, even though I don't speak it. Uh, or the name of our Zoom yeah, was I, Church of the I Drugs saw that and I thought I, I was on the wrong the wrong no, oh is that what that means church on yeah the it means church on the drugs it was iglesia uh uh e uh otros uh drogas nice so man. uh yeah so uh oh, anyway idea. I, yeah I, you should do it man Bro broaden that audience uh so <laughs> uh so but for the world like there were there were several things that i wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about genetic engineering because i do think that that's like a real like existential like crisis that we're going to have to deal with in the next 20, 30 years. Like, what are we going to like as humanity, what are we going to decide? What parameters are we going to put in place so that we don't just all do this to ourselves? Um, so I wanted to ask that question and create a world like where we do go, Hey, maybe not designer babies. And Hey, maybe not, uh, you know, uh, deciding a, to just, you know, yeah. that is, it's suddenly like, that was one of those things in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a sure thing. And then for some reason, suddenly it was like, that is an interesting thing because it, it uh, it's like how to at what point I guess if it just some things we can just know but it's like for all we know what if this is not part of the plan I don't know because it's like it's not using anything that is not already here right right. So uh, that's that's one of the weird, but it's yeah, but it it feels icky. Yeah, well, and I think you yeah, uh, where where it gets weird is is if you a are you destroying anything in order to create something new? B are you taking something that's not human and 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 trans like transgenics is what that's called, which is like everybody's transgenic in my like thing. Like if you got people have wings, people have, you know, I mean like it, it, tails, gills, all that stuff that comes from other things. And so what does that do to the image of God as you start splicing, you know, animal DNA? Mm, uh, or, you're, you're, or, you're flirting around yeah. some Nephilim stuff here. Mom. Right. Yeah. No, Andrea goes, she goes, what about Nephilim? Uh, sons of God, sons, daughters of men. Uh, and so uh, she was just doing a Genesis study though. That's why. Yeah. It's legit. Uh, it's scriptural, Evan. <laughs> so, uh, and, and then, uh, so, but that, that thing, and then artificial intelligence, mm. um, my, my, uh, my book treats artificial intelligence both as a foregone conclusion and also not the earth shattering thing, singularity deriving event that, that people think it's going to be. 
Um, uh, mostly because I think artificial intelligence is an ill-defined term. I mean, we already have machine learning. We already have AI that can like, you know, do all these amazing things that humans could never do or could do it. Uh, we have to do it much slower and it could do it in the blink of an eye. So that's not going to be the thing. Uh, artificial consciousness, in mm. other words, data uh, from Star Trek, like I'm alive. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I just, I just don't think that we, cause we don't know what it takes to create that. And so we will be able yeah. to trick we will be yeah. able to trick ourselves. No, never. We're never going to know that. Like that's that's where my pastor hat comes back on, and I just go, we're never going to know. Oh, that. No, like there, well, there are things no, that yes, are unknowable. We, yes, like yeah, yeah, because we 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 are so for all of our yeah our yeah. air quotes genius. Like we have no idea. Yeah, what and we so are, what consciousness and, is ex exactly? And so you can you can only engineer it as far as you actually understand it. And Correct, so yeah. what we will do is create machines that are good at acting like us yes, uh, and good at deceiving us into thinking that they are like us, but they are still not like us because a human set of parameters is what, you know, like that it's very long and very intricate and very complex uh, is telling them how to behave like us, but they don't care. They don't have any consciousness. They just know how to sound so that they sound like they are conscious. Did you watch Picard? And yeah, I liked Picard a lot. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, awesome it was show. good. But again, like that's the and that's what they're doing. They're like these people are alive. They they have their own Dude, set of consciousness. They have their own, and I don't think we're ever going to get that. Have you have, have you seen Raised by Wolves? I have not watched that yet, you, but you I like should. Ridley Scott and I liked the Prometheus Alien Covenant well, stuff. Okay. You know, do you know the premise of it? Uh I I watched it, uh the trailer and uh it's it's to do with like people being raised by robots, right? Well, like, but the, the whole by... central central And there's conflict... like a religious war or something. Yeah, the whole right? central conflict is the atheists versus the yeah, um the, theists, the followers or... of the deists, yeah. And mm -hmm. Ridley Scott but I was worried it was gonna be a complete like it 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 asked some very interesting questions sure. and it's very yeah, I, I would I think you should watch it. I probably would like it. Um, so AI and then, um, genetic transgenic engineering, uh, and with that nanotech a little bit is, is mixed in with that because I think the best way to, to do that would be to do it at a very, very small scale where you could just do it inside bodies, uh, and then, or inside in utero. Um, but then also, um, uh, fusion and, um, uh, and space travel. So like things that I think are already like happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw Duncan Jones's uh, moon. Uh, movie a few years ago oh um, yeah Duncan. yeah yeah so like th that whole premise other than the clone part um sorry spoilers Spoiler for a 10 year old alert. movie Gosh. yeah for a 10 year old movie uh <laughs> is uh i mean it's not that like happens like less than halfway through the movie um but uh i i and think that they're obvious. yeah it's very obvious but but the um they're harvesting helium-3 on the moon and helium-3 is thought to be um, by many a sci-fi nerd and 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 some legitimate scientists to be the thing that will really unlock fusion, uh, like real fusion that can ignite, like fusion with ignition, so that it's actually like abundant power, like a tiny sun. Um, so uh, once you get that, all bets are off for like how fast things can advance because you just have unlimited energy. And so, uh, so being that, being your sci-fi, uh, are you an alien guy? In this world or in like in, in real in, life? In, in IRL. IRL, uh, uh, I plead the fifth. Oh, uh, but uh, no, I don't plead the fifth. I, I think that there are some things that we have not been able to adequately explain as it relates to some of the uh, 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 recently declassified uh, UFO documents. 
um, that are very weird to me. That I, I'm like, what the heck could that be besides that? Did you see that um, obelisk they just found in the desert? No. Oh no. It, it might be so, and it's it's it's, it's the beginning most of 2001. Likely, it's dude. It, it's a it is a uh, silver reflective obelisk that a wildlife helicopter pilot saw. And they don't know what it is. Uh, it's wow. you know, it's prob problem might be a prank art project. Uh, they just found it. It's it's very interesting. So so I will say this as a relatively conservative evangelical theologian, um, I have trouble uh, squaring the existence of any intelligent alien life. Not necessarily like microbial life or whatever. I don't think that necessarily like blows anything out of the water. But the idea that there's like like we're one planet in a federation of of other things unless uh uh just just because my 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 view of 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 salvation at that point goes okay Jesus is the savior of the world. Yeah. Say, do, I mean like does every you know, planet get a Jesus get a sort of Jesus thing? and then like then we're Mormons. Like that like like yeah, for like they, for reals. Like yeah. that's what the Mormons believe. And I'm like that that feels asinine and crazy to me for a reason, I think. Well, I, and so like I, I just don't I, I've always thought that so like heaven's gonna be on earth, right? You know, re reformed. Correct. Earth. Like and if the universe is constantly expanding, like is it not possible that that the universe will be for us to explore? forever i don't know i i i wonder the same thing and um and so one of the things that in this book it sidesteps a lot of those questions it creates a lot of interesting characters with weird abilities without having to go the alien route and creates um uh, you might say like not factions per se uh, maybe book two um but uh uh you know different different areas of existence that uh have different feels uh, there are about four provinces on the moon only one of which is visited in this book, but the others are mentioned. There's several cities on Earth. So the idea is like I created little pockets to explore that have their own subcultures yeah. and their own ways of doing things. That, um, that's a great that's my favorite thing in books is uh mentioning things in passing that you know it, that it's like, oh what is what is that? That, that was all it's why people love Boba Fett. It's like well, what yeah. is, what is their story? Like what's that? And guy? so there's plenty of, and that, that said, I, I, I have, people have asked like, so it's like, are you setting up a sequel? Is, and this is a start to finish book that is a self-contained story. Now, then you flip the page and there is an epilogue that asks a new question. And that's like book two stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm in the midst of writing book two. Uh, one of the things that I did learn kind of from like the book marketing stuff is like sequels help sell books. So yes. in other words, um, go, Hey, like if you buy into this on the ground floor, like there's going to be another story. And also I don't think it's going to take me four years to write a sequel. I'm already 50 pages into it. So I think like, um, you get better at it, you know, faster at it. I, I have a better idea. Like one of the things about writing kind of going back to the craft of it, like there are several different kinds of writers. Um, uh, you know, uh, S Stephen King quoted another author at the beginning of his foreword to Salem's lot. Uh, I can't remember who the other author was now, so I'm just going to attribute it to Stephen King, even though it's not him. But he was quoting the 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 the, the sentiment and agreeing with it, which is that the best novels write themselves. Um, meaning, like you you come up with an idea and then you just start writing, and it just kind of takes you. And for about half of the book, that was really what I was doing. I was kind of just going, and then I think this will happen, and then I think this will happen, which is sort of how George R. R. Martin writes. Uh, his books, which is why they're taking forever to finish. He has like finally gave them a loose outline of what he thinks is going to happen. But by the time, if you ever get the final books of like those series, like will they even be like that? You don't know. Yeah. A people are mad. Oh yeah. <laughs> B, B uh, you know, like 
he that's you know the 20 years away for him probably so if he survives uh and so like i i he's playing I think, the long con yeah he's playing the long con uh but but i think like for me i i went through that and i said okay i can do um i can do this and i can do this but then i started to go all right here's how i think this needs to end and then i sort of worked backwards um but there were still moments there were moments where i was like on the page writing and going He's going to meet this character. Who is this person? And I hadn't thought about it. And then I'll just like start typing and then I'll get like a sly look on my face. Yeah. And I'll start doing it. That's and that, I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, and then Speaking it just goes. Of consciousness. That's yeah. that stuff where, which is, yeah. I love hearing Hans Zimmer talk about his music. And yeah. They're always like, yeah. he's like, I don't know. And he's, he yeah. lives in constant fear that it's going to go away. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like, yeah, where does this, where does it come from? Does characters almost write themselves sometimes? And it's weird. Uh, and you start to go like, who, where's this voice coming from? Am I secretly a 22 year old Irish, think, uh, you know, like girl, well, I think, <laughs> you know? yeah, maybe I think that's, that is the connectedness of the image of God stuff, the creativeness, yeah. the, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the stuff where it's like. I mean, just even thinking about our thoughts, it's like, where do they come from? We we don't know. We don't right. know. Yeah, that's um, that's the hard thing about generating a consciousness when you're like, I don't know where my thoughts come from. Exactly. And I also know that when I was I a baby, well. I didn't really have them until I was two because I don't remember anything that happened that formed it. And like, those are the things that I kind of in passing talk about in the book because there's a there's a, a fairly central character who is a virtual assistant, like basically like a Siri. Hey, but like it's called Siri. Uh, uh but uh, but uh the main character's virtual assistant is like a important character that like does some really important stuff in the book. Um, but also like might get deleted, you know, yeah. <laughs> and like that, like those are like, so like obviously like pet level, like, uh, I don't want to lose my virtual assistant, but obviously not a person. Um, you know, like that sort of like kind of hierarchical, like understanding of, and I think we'll get there. Like, I really, I really do think that like virtual assistants and things like that, maybe within my lifetime, certainly within my kid's lifetime will be things that like people have like bonds with. Yeah. Like her. And, and Yeah. Like her. Um, and, uh, I, I think that, um, hopefully not romantic bonds, uh, like her. Um, but I, but I, you know, uh, uh, at Romans one, man, we are inventors of evil. Uh, so, uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I quote, yeah. I quote that I, we did, we do get some Romans one action in this, uh, it's too good. It's too parallel, not to, so there's some King James Romans one in there. Well, um, and one part of that character quotes. My big thing with, with writing as well is I am very, very, very good at coming up with premises and sure. But the ending that is sticking the landing man that's hard yeah i don't know i wish that's something i need to learn how to do better well here's the and i are you doing like short form stuff like when you write at this point or are you trying mm -hmm. to do like yeah so like for me um and i think for uh you know stephen king was he even able to make fun of himself and you know it chapter two uh, i don't know did you see it chapter two yeah I did. Uh, yeah or he's like playing the the pawn shop owner and he said, I don't like the ending, yeah. uh, uh, which is like funny. Cause like yeah, the ending for it sucks. Like, uh, and so like they, <laughs> like, like it is this amazing sprawling story. And then the clown turns into a giant spider and it's terrible and dumb, you yeah. know? And like, or I'm like the dark I, tower. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read those. Uh, so, oh, uh, man, please, do. I don't want to get bought into something for the same reason. No, like, it's, like, it's not terrible. And it's that one's, it, he gives you an out too. He gives you two. Yeah. It's interesting. 
Yeah. Like he's so, like, stop reading if you want it to end here. Or if you want to read my ending, keep reading. Oh. It, yeah, dude, the like, books I, are awesome. Stephen, Stephen King can get away with that, but, like, you and I cannot. And so, not. like, and, and that's the thing. Like, Stephen King, one of my favorite writers, I can't look to him for, like, much, right? Because right. after his second book, he got a carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, and he knew he would sell millions of copies. I've sold, like, 60 copies of this book. Like, and, and so I good. don't... I'm I'm happy about that. I really am. But uh, and hopefully maybe a few more of your listeners will will think to pick it up. But like, it it is uh it is hard to land the plane. Like it really is. And so about halfway through the book, I started going, okay, what needs to happen? And so it became like I didn't start with an outline, but I ended with one, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. that I didn't just keep writing forever, kind of like diarrhea out of my fingers until yeah. I found something that like. Uh, cause, cause I did have to go and clean up those early chapters a lot because I was just trying to get stuff on the page so that I could feel like progress was being made. Progress was being made, but like a lot of the editing took place in the first half of the novel, a lot more than it needed to once I knew where I was going. Yeah. Um, that makes and, sense. But, but what was, but what was really interesting for me is it was not hard to create character. It was hard to create plot. It was not hard to create character. Um, so for me, character creation comes is the fun part. Like, oh, I get to introduce a new character now. Okay, they're like this, and they're gonna be this way. That they have these abilities. Like, because in my world, like, I get to think about all that stuff. Like, how are they gonna look? Because they don't have to look like everybody else. How are they gonna talk? Because it's like a you know situation where like everybody on the moon was kind of a melting pot of all the different types of cultures on Earth. So now like there's different sorts of accents that you can have, even though everybody lives in the same place. And then there's a kind of a creolization of all that stuff. So. Um, like that's all really fun. The world building and the character is easy. The plot is hard. And and my theory is this is Evan's theory. You need at least two. You need hmm. to have Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of of like world building, character and plot. You need to have at least two for people to like what you're doing. If yeah. you can have all three, that's better. Um but it, and you can really subtract any one and probably get some readers. But but so like for mine, I was worried that my story was going to be the weakest part, that people would fall in love with the world and they'd fall in love with the characters and they'd be like, and the story was like pretty good. Most of the feedback that I've gotten, everybody said, I can't put it down. So like, I'm really grateful that, that people are enjoying the story too and that it, it, it moves pretty fast. It's about 350 pages on the printed volume. So it's, it's not short. Um, it's, it's, you know, around 128,000 words or something like that. So that's about par for like a sci-fi story that has a lot of world building in it which yeah is, that's not that's not like that's the world building tax like that 20 that the extra expanse. 28 no like the, the extra twenty eight thousand words though like like everybody says your first novel should be like a hundred thousand words or less unless you're writing genre fiction and then you can get like a pass for like an extra and so i really tried to kind of hew pretty close to that and uh and i got there and um i'm happy i'm really i like that's that's been the cool thing is like I, I, I'm not doing this for money. I'm not doing this for fame. Like I'm doing this because it's a hobby. I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Um, I've gotten, and I, of course, I don't think anybody's going to give me negative feedback because most of the people that are reading this are people that I already oh, love. No. But like, but like I've gotten really positive feedback from people and that's been really encouraging. And I'm, I am writing the second one. And, um, and uh, even my, um, you know, like there's been people that are like, it's refreshing to read like a sci-fi novel that's uh, dystopian that is this like spiritual and optimistic Hmm. Um, because that's just who I am. So like I wanted to create a world and the parameters of this world had to be this in order to get all the things that I wanted. But then my worldview is still like, you know, the image of God is going to like shine through this and and you're going to see like good guys do the right thing. 
Um, and so that's, that's the point of the book. Um, and, and there's some surprises, some genuine, I think, narrative surprises in it that, that, that readers have not seen coming and that has been fun where they've gone, what, you know, and then some other foreshadowed things that are, are more obvious. And so, um, uh, it's a good mix of, of genuine shock and suspense and adventure. And, um, my wife who hates sci-fi, um, is like, if, if all sci-fi were like this, you know, like I might read it. Um, so I think the entry, the barrier to entry is low. Like there's a lot of reasons to enjoy the book. And so, yeah, if, uh, if your listeners want to list, uh, want to get it, they can go do that at evangodbold.com. That's uh, the easiest way. That was my next question. So evangodbold.com. Uh, yeah, I'm going to grab one. I might, um, I might, and if if they're Kindle people, it's, it's, it's Kindle unlimited. Um, so if you if you pay for Kindle unlimited or you bought a new Kindle device or you get a new Kindle device for Christmas, it is free on Kindle unlimited. So, uh, and, uh, and I get, I get money for that too. If you read it, it's like Spotify. So you got to read it. Uh, you can't just download it. You gotta, I I get like page count money. Um, so yeah, so it's the way that they do it. Amazon wants to keep you in their ecosystem. So it's exclusively available on Amazon. Um, either on Kindle, which you can buy for ten bucks, and uh, seventeen for the, the paperback. Awesome, uh, and that yeah, man. So, Dallasman's code. Well, Evan, it was awesome uh, catching up. We need to. Uh, we should do this more often. Actually, that was a that was a very fun conversation. Um, I'd love hey, to man, have you back on. I would uh, be glad to be back on any time. I uh, and I know this was mostly uh, you were gracious to have me kind of hawk my wares, um, but I would enjoy talking to you about um, ministry addiction, anything like that too. Uh, that's still near and dear to my heart. Uh, I still run into things, obviously as a pastor, you know, oh, yeah. um, uh, oh, yeah. I, I definitely have, uh, even since moving back to kind of my hometown, like dealing with people that are found passed out in Walmart parking lot cause they downed an entire thing of Listerine and stuff like that. And going, Hey, are you their pastor? They're in the hospital. Uh, yeah, they, they downed the whole thing of Listerine. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so that's still very much a part of my world. And I love helping people through that and, uh, and, and talking about that. Um, so. Shine.